Welcome to the YWAM Schools of Worship podcast, imparting and mentoring on our values for our schools of worship and other YWAM worship ministries. Introducing your host, Jorge Jimenez. Well, welcome to the School of Worship podcast. The School of Worship podcast is is, is an avenue for to impart, to train, to just to share the values in, in the heart of the School of Worship. As many of you guys know, we, we, we try to teach in the heart, the head, knowledge, and in the, the hands, more in the practical area. And today we have a, a good friend. Very yeah. quickly, but a good one. Very quickly, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say that it was uh, an incredible week. We're here in, in Lakeside, Montana right now, in beautiful Montana. You like Montana. It's where God lives. It's where God lives, <laughs> and and we have the privilege to um, to have Michael Fern. Michael, is it's just good to to have you here this week. It's been a good week. I'm yeah. really glad to be here. And and you were um, you were teaching in the School of Worship here in Lakeside, Montana, about songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, how was your week? Pretty incredible. Anytime I get to spend long stretches of time talking about songs, I'm a pretty happy camper. So. Mm-hmm. But then you add in, uh, like we've already stated, you add in some incredible scenery and then you throw in about coffee, know, 20 people crammed in a room and some great coffee. Yeah. You, are, you are good with the coffee. <laughs> uh, cram 20 amazing people in a room and mm-hmm. and uh, send them chasing songs yeah. that after songs that matter. That, that's a good week. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, one of the, the, the values um, of the School of Worship is to encourage creativity. And with that comes the, the whole aspect of of songwriting, you know, why do we want to write songs in our in our schools of worship, and and we really believe that these songs can go to the nations and and affect nations. David, uh, I keep going back to David because David, he always talked in, he always spoke in future tense. The nations will come, your glory will, you know. So he always used that future tense. And when we write songs, powerful things happen when we write songs in the physical. In the emotional, but in the spiritual, powerful things happens. And uh, this week, uh, can you can you walk us through a little bit? Where were some of the things that you did with the with the students? You know, from the beginning to to the end, a little bit. Yeah. Well, we started the week just kind of di- diving into the spiritual, like yeah, like you were just describing the power of it. Why? Why do we want to write songs? Why do we, you know? I, if you're creative and you love songs, and yeah, you want to write songs, but there's something bigger than that, right? And it's an amazing kind of thing for me to watch a room full of people come alive to the power of what they're actually being invited into. Mm-hmm. So a song, yes, it's melody, and yes, it's lyric. We hear it with our ears, and it moves us emotionally. But what most people miss is what it's doing in an unseen realm, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to worship. Right. When you start inviting people to open their eyes to see that the songs we are invited into creating in the kingdom of God, those, mm-hmm. those are actually the rod and the staff of a shepherd. Yeah, powerful. They're, they're the weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent the you know, spent the beginning of the week uh, trying to wake up the dragon slayers, as I call them. Right. Wake up the dragon slayers because every single song you write is a weapon in the hands mm-hmm. of those who would wield it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we base a lot off of... Um, uh, uh, Corinthians where it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal That's right. but they're mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds and lies that set, set, that set up against the knowledge of Christ and that's what songs do songs are our weapons as creatives and as songwriters right. when we open our eyes to the value and power of that it's pretty terrifying to the darkness Come on. and, and so we spent the beginning of the week just trying to get them to see that they are all dragon slayers 
Yeah. And uh, then we spent a good chunk of the middle of the week teaching them the stewardship of that, the practical. Um, there's a lot. Oh gosh, there's so much that makes great songs. You know, you hear something on the radio or you hear something in, in your church and it moves you deeply, but the actual math behind it is pretty staggering. Right. There's, you know, there's a reason that it rhymes. There's a reason reason that we use cadence. There's a syllable count matters. It's all these little things that start making up the practicals. But again, we get the spiritual implications right first. Yes. Then the the practical gets a whole lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're sharpening a sword all of a sudden. You're yeah. learning, you're learning how to wield that sword. And so we talked a lot about stewardship and craft. Mm-hmm. Um, that God puts a lot of things in our hands. And how many? And this is this is the point. I watched a bunch of them want to climb under their tables. Mm-hmm. When I asked them how many things God had given them to to write as songs they've written in their <laughs> journals and then forgot about it when they didn't feel inspired. That's right. And so we learn to be the kind of creatives that write when we are inspired, yes, mm-hmm. but also write when we when don't feel inspired and we write until it's inspired. It was a quote from one of my dear friends, Tony Wood, Tony Wood years ago. He said, Michael, you need to learn to write when you feel inspired mm-hmm. and when you don't feel inspired. Right. Write until it's inspired. That's right. It's called stewardship. It's going back and making sure that when God wakes us up at three in the morning interceding for something right. and melodies r- rising up in our hearts and we lay we lay there on the floor and we weep for an hour and then we go back to bed and we mm-hmm. wake up the next day and don't feel as emotional we don't finish that right that's not good stewardship yeah. so you grab it and you steward it mm-hmm. as it was a talent put in your hands like the parable would say put this talent in your hands and your job that's is to right. multiply it so right. and then we get to the fun part at the end of the week where mm-hmm. we Turn them loose to put them, chasing put them together and to, to write songs and <laughs> you'll see all kind of reactions coming out of them. You know? <laughs> so we talked a lot, I guess day three, we talked a lot about co-writing because you can spend a whole week just talking about collaboration right. and the etiquette of that, but also the spiritualness of that. God always commands his blessings. He commands a blessing where there's unity. And when That's you right. get creatives in a room with one heart, one mm-hmm. pursuit, chasing down a song, God's going to open heaven mm-hmm. And so we teach a lot of the etiquette of preferring one another and never mm-hmm. saying no, but always inviting forward. And right. Lots of stuff to help them actually make the room work. Right. And I think we ended the room, ended this week with over the course of just a couple of days between four or five groups at a time. They wrote 12 songs, I think. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, the good thing is just to see how at the end of the day, they know they can. It's just so powerful. Yeah. Uh, some of them have had practiced it before, you know, more than others, the, the whole thing of songwriting. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just so encouraging to see them working in unity, writing together. Yes, there are certain guidelines, etiquette, like, like you called it. Yeah. But it's just so beautiful to see the incredible songs that came out of when you turn them loose. Beautiful. Michael, theology. Why uh, the way that we write songs is important? You said something that really caught my attention and... Um, Sometimes you hear things that you hear in different certain different occasions, and sometimes they just uh, they are highlighted. And you said, if we are if we're speaking for God, we better be hearing from God. So why theology? Why the word of the Lord is important in our songs? Well, on one hand, people go, well, that's obvious why. But then you listen, and there's a lot of stuff we sing right. that's just not. We forget accurate. the basics. We just wander off into creativity land, and we don't realize we're saying stuff that's sometimes absolutely opposed to what the word has said, like the word of the Lord written or spoken. I mean, right. we, we've wandered so far off right. of it in creative pursuits. And mm-hmm. so I've made, I've made a pretty hard stance in that regard of if you declare yourself a songwriter writing for the church, mm-hmm. you better be a theologian. We don't need the, we don't need non theologians writing songs for our, right. 
our, our people in our, or for the world for that matter. We, we need theologians. If you dare to put songs on the lips of the church, oh, that's you, awesome. You, you better handle that with care. And so, you know, even this week pressing into the students to, to check every line, mm-hmm. you know, is that accurate? Is that a true statement about God? And then a few of them started down songs that were God speaking. It was from the viewpoint of, you know, it was, and, and that's especially treacherous territory. If you're not really speaking it verbatim, almost right. what, you know, God has said to us and coming from his perspective, I don't have a problem with those kind of songs, but those are the ones you definitely double down on and go, right. yeah, I'm speaking on behalf of God here. Right. Right. There's a there's a sense of responsibility. <laughs> oh, goodness, and uh, you know we. I feel like in the last ten years, I don't. We, I'm not the grumpy old guy, but I feel like in the last ten years, we've lost a bit of of pursuit of theology and songs. Right. And I hope a new generation presses back into that. Yeah. Well, it is said that teachers gonna be holding a higher standard, right? But I really think that for some writers, Brother, we're, we're teachers. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. I don't think the standard's even higher. Yeah. Because you know what? You can teach me something. Tomorrow, I'll forget it next week. <laughs> but if you teach me that in a song, in a song. I'll remember till the day I die. Right. Melody and lyric is the last thing to go when we're old. That's right. And yeah. so the, the, I think the, you know, the calling of that, yeah. it, it's, it's to be approached with fear and trembling and great excitement. Yeah. I always say that you know, sometimes it's to forget a sermon is, you know, we forget it. You yeah. know? Yes, we love the, the preacher, but a song, that hook, that, that melody is, is always going to stay with us. Gosh, I, I was just singing one of the songs of our, one of our students. Because I, heard, I heard you humming it when you came in the yeah, door. Yeah, because it's just, uh, it's, it's in my mind, it's stuck in my, in my heart. So it was such a, such a good song. The power of songwriting. Tell me a little bit. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to come back a little bit and talk a little bit about you, how we can pray for you, for, for everybody that's listening to this podcast and keep Michael Farron in our prayers, you know, globally. But tell me about the power of songwriting. When it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes battling, you were talking about slaying the dragon. Yeah. What what stories can you share with us? When it comes like songs that you have written and you have seen just God moving in a powerful, powerful way. Any any story that you can you can think Good of? Good Lord, Jorge, I've got years of crazy <laughs> stories. I guess one of the one I've been telling a lot the last couple of years. Um, Anybody who has been around me at Gateway Church, Franklin, Tennessee, for the last 10 years, where I helped plant that church, I've led worship there for a decade, and if you were part of my team at any point, invariably you've heard me say something to the effect of, as we're walking on stage, I will Mm -hmm. say something like, all right, guys, let's go sling a sword, Mm -hmm. because every time we walk on stage, we approach it as an act of war. We walk onto that stage, we look out at our people, it's a holy moment. We are in the presence of God, right. and yet every most people walked in with the enemy whispering in their ear. Mm-hmm. The lies and the pretensions are already at work long before they get there. The fights in cars getting there on Sunday mornings, <laughs> we all can relate, right? It's the worst day of the week. The kids are screaming. You are in a fight with your wife, and you pull into the parking lot. You open your door, and you get out, and then you flip the switch, and you smile real big, yeah. and you grab your coffee, and you walk into the church where I've been, at least, and I walk out on stage and thankfully, we've had a team that knows how to look out and go, okay, this is not all smiles. Mm-hmm. This is warfare today. There's an enemy that's after families. There's an enemy that's after destinies. There's an enemy that's just straight up trying to kill some of them here this morning. Mm-hmm. But one in particular that I spent, my whole team and I spent a lot of time kind of looking at in the audience was this sweet sister named Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. she, had, she had three sons, uh, 50 years old. 
uh, diagnosed with cancer a number of years ago mm-hmm. and fought so bravely. Mm-hmm. And we, we were very close to Sylvia. And she passed away uh, about a year and a half ago. But we were very close to Sylvia. And Sylvia became the target for us because Sylvia was the loudest worshiper in our church. Wow. She Incredible. was she was the she was the woohoo lady. Woo! Yeah. Like she <laughs> we actually had to redo all the gang vocals on a live album one time because somebody let Sylvia sit under one of the crowd mics and she oh, just no. she shouted the whole time. But that it was so right and real <clears throat> and she was precious and she actually modeled a, a higher level expression for our, our whole on. church changed mm-hmm. because of that woman's expression wow. of, of adoration to Jesus. But um, I knew the I knew the weeks when on a Thursday Sylvia had gotten a really bad report, and I knew that from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the enemy had whispered things like Sylvia, Jesus isn't hearing your prayers. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't care that much. Mm-hmm. This the, and and she would walk in on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to actually take the first five minutes of my service, you know, mess of my service to open and make everybody feel warm and fuzzy with a John Mayer song. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have a real problem with that mess. As soon as it's time to go, we're going to start declaring the truth because we have Sylvia and others like her in that audience. That's right. And we would walk in and we would have written a song. There was one in particular. We wrote a song called, uh, uh, we won't be afraid, not mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was based specifically on Sylvia being terrified mm-hmm. and me looking at her going, honey, we're not going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. We're not bowing into terror here. Oh. And the opening lines of that song were, you know, we have heard the voice of terror screaming loudly in the night, but we say we are not afraid of you. That's, That's awesome. the opening lines of the song. And it was written specifically to be the, the sword and the weapon that broke and cut the lies whispering in Sylvia's ears. And it's that real. Mm-hmm. And, and and songs do that if mm-hmm. you will catch the bigger vision of it. And I, we have stories for days. Dear mm-hmm. Lord, I mean, if if you stand on any stage and deliver truth and melody and lyric, it's going to wreak havoc in the unseen realm. Mm-hmm. And you just got to start paying attention to the stories. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here and tell stories for days. But I watch Sylvia week after week come come back to life on a Sunday right. and, and, and march into a new week with the real thing down right. in her down in her heart that God is real, God is good, mm-hmm. and though I don't like His answers right now, mm-hmm. He still loves me. He's providing. He is faithful, and and I'm telling you, when she passed away, we did not have a funeral. Mm-hmm. We had a worship service. Yeah, it was unhinged. I mean, we had a worship extravaganza celebrating this role model of adoration to Jesus, even in the thick of crazy and songs were so much a part of our journey. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's never, it's never been a light thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so I try to walk into scenarios, even like this week of inviting people into that. Right. Yeah. What it comes down to, um, the confession of our, of our voice, the confession of our words, you know, there is power that the word of the Lord says the Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when we speak out things, it's either for good or for bad, right? So when we use our songwriting for what God wants us to use it, we are confessing faith. Yep. To be, we're confessing powerful things that God is going to is going to do. So one of the things that I um, I'm very you know I love this week is because well two things you know I see I see two reactions. When I usually speak about songwriting, I actually see the demeanor of the students go down because, oh man, this is such a hard week. You know, <laughs> we have great ministries out there in the world right now, Hilson, Bethel, so many ministries out there, great writers like Michael Ferrin. And, and, and one of the things that I see in the reaction of our students is, man, but the best songs are already written. 
Man, we have let it rain. Let it rain is out there already. But we have to understand is that, and I believe with all my heart, and I know you too, is that the best melodies are still to come. We serve a creative God. I agree. We serve a, a, an incredible, yeah, creative God, and they're ready for us to, for the Lord to give it to us, and we just have to be willing to, to receive them. Yeah. And uh, any advice that you will give to those that are starting in songwriting, um, maybe they get discouraged because of songwriting, uh, it's hard for them. Of course, you know, where our heart is, where our treasure is, our heart is, and we have to pursue that. We have to get better in our skills. But um, any advice that you will give to, to people out there in the world right now? All right. My, my quick advice to songwriters is make it bigger than you. Mm. Don't climb in your bedroom and try to be cool and creative just to soothe your own crazy mm-hmm. or make yourself feel better about things. Mm-hmm. Write bigger than you. Because when you have a target, when you put a Sylvia on, on, on the poster board on your mm-hmm. wall mm-hmm. and you go, God, would you give me songs that do something magnificent in the life of Sylvia? You'll be amazed. Wow. So get out of your head. You go for it. And I can't say it enough. Write when you don't feel inspired. And you write and you write until you get goosebumps. Come on. Until you feel the life come. I always equate songwriting to, because we're creating the image of our God, right? Mm-hmm. He, we are, he is the great creator and we get to replicate him in creating things. Mm-hmm. And he reached out into dirt and he created man and he said, I'm going to breathe life into that pile mm-hmm. of dirt. Here we are. And it's the same thing with songwriting. You craft and you craft and you craft. Even when you don't feel warm and fuzzy, you craft and you craft because you know you have a Sylvia. And then all of a sudden you reach a point where you sing it through and it's like, you breathe the life into it and Amen. the song came to life Amen. and then you unleash it upon Sylvia and the darkness and watch what happens. Amen. So, Woo, that's so good. Right bigger than you. Right bigger than you. So Michael, this, this podcast is dedicated to the schools of worship. We are a global missionary organization, a very big global missionary organization. And we are in uh, our schools of worship are in many countries in the world. How can we pray for you? you know, one of the things I haven't done is uh, actually say much about you. Tell us a little bit about you, and in that way we can keep in our prayers. And what would be one prayer request? If you were going to put our prayer request out there, what, what would that be? Well, I mean, I'm 47 years old. I've done this a long time. I've mm-hmm. been a worship pastor and a songwriter for 30 years. Yes. I, I feel the deep, deep calling in the season of my, of my life to not just write songs, but to move quickly into influencing generations mm-hmm. to realize the power and the gravity of being called to that. And to be, if I'm honest, where hey, there are a number of things that God has put in my hands along the way from conferences I host, uh, kingdom songs and, and a very small, uh, very small group kind of masterclass intensive called Song Tribe. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best to, mm-hmm. to if, I don't know of a better way to say it. I'm trying my best to be the right kind of influence mm-hmm. in that. And I know that God is calling us into new territory. I don't know how to Amen. get there. And so my prayer prayer request would probably be that, that God would very, very clearly, very quickly call us and point us to mm-hmm. the partnerships and the stages and the platforms that we're supposed to take this passionate pursuit of songs right. that matter. Come on. And, um, I'm not smart enough to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I love songs. I'm good at songs. I'm good with people and songs. Mm-hmm. 
building that into the influential thing that I believe God's calling us to be in that, I'm not sure how to do that. And I think it's supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to have all the answers. I'm, supposed to, have, I'm supposed to have partners and teams and, mm-hmm. and a family around this. And mm-hmm. so that would be my prayer request. Tell, tell us a little bit about Song Tribe. Song Tribe. That's the heart of Song Tribe. Yeah, so Song Tribe, um, it, it is basically where we take a very small group of people, you know, six people, uh, and we spend two and a half days at... At, at very like meeting at nine in the morning and still writing at midnight that night for two and a half That's days, awesome. and it's incredible fellowship. But it's a uh, it's uh, a lot of it's coll- it's collegiate level songwriting lecture, like really getting into craft. It's, it's kind of like we did this week. It's spiritual. We start those three days with the spiritual recentering of why we want to write songs, mm-hmm. being dragon slayers, mm-hmm. and here's here's more of the craft of it, and then we turn them loose with. Very, very uh, respected pro writers that we trust a lot. Names that you would know. Songs that you sing all the time at church. These are the guys, the ladies that we have come in Mm -hmm. and spend time with a small group of people to write very specifically for their context, their their ministries, their churches. That's awesome. And so I'm, I'm super excited about the Song Tribe family, and I would love to see those start popping up globally. Yeah. Where there are, it's basically, I, all I did was pastor a small group of people for three days into writing songs. Yep. I can do that. Yep. Uh, uh, every, you know, every year we've held, we've hosted a, at least two events called Kingdom Songs, which are the bigger version of that. So I, I, I know that God wants all that to grow. I just mm-hmm. don't know exactly how that works. I just know we're going to keep passionately writing songs and teaching people how to Come write on. those songs. And you do, and you do have a heart for the nations. I mean, that's something yeah. that I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, you're about to... You're about to leave to Australia and work over there and, <coughs> and mentor and work with the church over there. And you do want to see those um, original, those local songs being to be written because that, that is really your heart. Michael, I just wanted to say thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, we're excited because we're about to go for a motorcycle right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, on a 46 degree weather. <laughs> That my Costa Rican friend is not happy about this. <laughs> but, but I'm actually pretty excited. But I just wanted to say thank you. This is uh, mentoring right here. This is teaching. This is imparting a little bit of what the Lord has given to, to you. And one of the things I've seen this week is just your heart for pastoring, for teaching. Your gift in is songwriting. You're a great songwriter. Michael Farron wrote Let It Rain. And I'm just... Uh, so blessed and so honored that we had the opportunity to have you this week. Thank you. It's, it's just been good. So, Thanks for having me. And I'm yeah. here anytime you say. Yeah. Any last word? Uh, no. Go write a big one. All right. <laughs> Go write the... the Go slay a dragon. Uh, come on. So bless you, everybody. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And bye-bye. <laughs>